Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, please give us strength when we are weak, love when we feel forsaken, courage when we feel afraid, wisdom when we feel foolish, comfort when we feel alone, hope when we feel rejected, and peace when we are in turmoil. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, today, if you could pray for holy boldness for the people of America, that we would uh, get convicted by the Lord to speak what is true and denounce what is false. It's just that simple. Pray for that, please. It is Monday. Welcome, Mom. Well, thank you. How are you that doing? Was a, that was a beautiful prayer in the beginning. Thank you. I'm doing well. And How you? was your weekend? Good. Good. Very good. Uh, weekend was good. <laughs> a beautiful busy, weekend. Of, a beautiful busy, weekend busy, of busy. divine mercy. Yeah. We had um, the, no priest showed up for the Spanish mass, so I wound up having to do the Spanish mass in oh, the afternoon. How interesting. Yes. How did it go? It went good. Okay. <laughs> so I. I thought maybe we would just uh, talk a little bit about Divine Mercy. Uh, sure. Just to finish up that beautiful yeah. again. So, um, Divine Mercy is really God wanting to save all people. He doesn't want anybody to be outside of his mercy. It's such a big feast. And you know, something I never realized before, and I got it this time, I always say, yes, Divine Mercy Feast is the Sunday after Easter, but I never really understood it in the context of the octave. You know, we, we have the eight days, mm -hmm. and it's the culmination of Easter and all of those seven days, and it's like it's like the cherry on top of the Sunday. Um, I never really saw it in the context with being part of Easter. Yeah, well, the whole thing you mentioned is very interesting because the actual gift given on Divine Mercy is reserved only for Catholics. Yeah, yeah. So that is just for Catholics, which is only one out of eight people on the planet. And, you know, most of those do not come to church on Sunday. So that is just such a minuscule population. Uh, and then the numbers who go to confession even lower. So who knows who, how many people actually take advantage of the uh, plenary indulgence. But it's the eight, it's the nine days of praying for all those uh, different groups of people that is, I think, the part that he, what you say, he wants to reach everybody. So the burden is on the faithful Catholics for the rest of the world. It's it's when you really think about it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. And, uh, and that, that's the other problem is a lot of people don't do the novena. No. Right? No. I, uh, no. In fact, because I it was, begins on Good Friday. So it's always, uh, first of all, it's a hard day to remember because you're so absorbed in Good Friday. Yeah. That thank God we have these apps on the computer that automatically send you the, the link for the day. Otherwise, I think I would have might have missed it. Yeah. I, I'm, always, I'm, I'm always worried I'm going to miss the first day. Yeah. Well, well you sign up for those things, they, they just show up. 
and I have to say at our parish, we're down to a remnant that celebrates this, the Divine Mercy. It's, uh, it's well, we're down to a remnant, uh, but the, the remnant is still there and they're very faithful. So um, what is mercy? And we've talked about this before. It's the compassion and kindness shown to something, someone who does not deserve it. Uh, the one, uh, the person giving mercy has the power to inflict punishment uh, for what the person deserves, but chooses mercy instead. And so that's our God. Uh, that's what mercy is. And today people are in great need of God's mercy because of the, the deep moral decline that we find ourselves in. And that people are departing away from God um, at such a time. Uh, we see that. So God doesn't want any of his children lost. So he put this plan into place decades before we would need it. And it's, uh, it was for this time. And it was brought into the church as a feast on the, the year 2000, just when we needed it the most. So God is so good to us. Um, so the burden is on us to pray for our loved ones who are far from God. I mean, that that's a... a it's a big burden, and it's a woman we do happily because we don't want them lost. Um, so this, in, this, in, this, uh, in this devotion, he gives us ways to do it. He said, uh, of course, if you pray at the 3 o'clock hour, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, that's very efficacious. Uh, he's in the diary, number 324, Jesus said to Faustina, there is but one price at which souls are bought, and that is suffering united to my suffering on the cross. Pure love understands these words. Carnal love will never understand them. Uh, so then in another place in 1612, he says, I have need of your sufferings to rescue souls. And so we can offer up any sufferings we have, any sickness, any loneliness, any heartache that we're suffering. Um, so many ways. Uh, it cost us three o'clock hour. And then uh, the diary 186 says, call upon my mercy on behalf of sinners. I desire their salvation. When you pray this prayer with a contrite heart and faith on behalf of some sinner, I will give him the grace of conversion. And this is the prayer. O blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus is a fount of mercy for us. I trust in you. So for all the people in your family that you're worried about, the ones who are far away from the church right now, the ones who are living sinful lives, the ones who, if they were to die right now, wouldn't make heaven. As you go through your day, just say this little prayer, memorize it, say it over and over again. Jesus says he wants to save those people. So we can intercede and... and Again, we have the sacraments. We are the Catholics that have all these sacraments at our disposal. And of course, the scriptures are full of the stories. The lost sheep, uh, the prodigal son, uh, the, just filled with stories that Jesus told about how God wants us back. He wants everybody back. And so, uh, anything you want to add to that? No, I think that covers it pretty well. I mean, it doesn't end with Divine Mercy Sunday, of course. No, no. <clears throat> this is a lifelong mission. This, you know, go out and make disciples of all nations. That he's he's serious about that. 
And I think the biggest dilemma today is is people are afraid. People yeah. are terribly afraid of saying anything for fear of people uh, canceling them or protesting them or attacking them. And you know, if you're going to Daily, Daily Mass, you would know that we're going to be in Acts from Easter until Pentecost. And every day, first reading, Acts of the Apostles. And we're watching Peter and John in particular. They're, they keep getting arrested and thrown in jail. And then they come out of jail... And they go back to talk to their friends. And what do they do? They pray. They don't pray for protection. They pray for holy boldness to continue preaching the name that is above every other name. That's what we need in this country right now. We need an outbreak of holy boldness across America because we are getting too much garbage being thrown at us and we're just accepting it. And it's, it's you know, it's even happening here in, in uh in Tennessee, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I've talked about this, but uh, there's a meeting coming up in our local library, the Murray County Library, because they have all these books in the children's section that are so deviant mm -hmm. and teaching all these horrible sexual things to the kids uh, in the children's section. So there's a meeting that's happening this week uh, to to stop it. And then up in Franklin, where you used to live, they just voted for the gay pride parade to go marching down the street. Mm -hmm. You know how those go? Those yep. people get on those floats or they're practically naked promoting sodomy. So, like, when are the Christians going to say no more? No more. You know, uh, speaking of the gay pride parade, a good friend of mine was happened to come upon one last year. Uh, she was going into a store in that particular town and... Uh, there it was. She was right, you know, she had to park a car and she right in the middle of all these people and this parade was coming. And she said it was lewd. There was no other way to describe it. But what struck her the most was that the families were there with their children, mothers pushing baby carriages, and they thought it was okay. They were laughing and, uh, you know, people are throwing out the beads and they're catching them. And they thought this was a family fun day. They didn't get it, that this was wrong. So what's that all about? Because these people are, their, their consciousses have been darkened. Oh. It, it, that's what happens. When you are persisting in grave sin, your conscience is blackened and you no longer see truth. And I'll tell you, this is what Paul said. He was screaming at the Galatians, oh, stupid Galatians, who has bewitched you? Mm. Because they had the truth and they forfeited to go back to the pagan rituals. Um, this is what's happening in our country because people have forfeited Jesus Christ. And when you so, throw out God, you, you absorb all these other horrible uh, demonic things. So we have first have to pray that they would see truth. Yeah, of uh, course. Before they ever speak up for holy boldness, they, they have to see that it's wrong. Yeah, but the ones who do know better have to speak up. You know, there's enough people that know what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And and they're kind of sidelined for some reason. Uh, so we have to be not afraid of being persecuted. Just put it out there. It's, amaz it's amazing how fast everything is going down at this point. It, which is like, you can see why the illumination is so important. Yes. Because finally, if everybody could see their souls as God sees them, they would know all of this garbage is wrong. Plain and simple, it's wrong. And if you really love these people, you would not support them in going to hell, right? Right. 
you would want them there's something better here for you this isn't the way you know the lewdness and the obscenity and all of it there's a better way here and you know before you pick up your pens and start writing me hate notes for being anti-homosexual stuff i say the same thing to the heterosexuals who are living in sin okay so when couples come in here for marriage prep and i notice that they fill out the application they both live at the same address i give them the same talk there's a better way for you this is not okay this is not what god intended for you he wants you to be uh, celibate until you're married and chaste your whole lives so i'm not it's not a, a bias against the gay people but for some reason uh, this is the mantle that's been picked up by our country. Gay and transgender is now the holy grail that you know cannot be touched. And you know how I know that? Because the woman who wrote the Harry Potter books, I forget her name, um, she's being lambasted by the, these communities. So see, there's a hierarchy to evil. And the witchcraft falls below the transgender uh, mm people that's really true because they've tossed her under the bus they don't want anything to do with her they're burning harry potter books praise the <laughs> lord <laughs> uh, well eventually the the evil ones do eat their own that's what jesus when said the house divided against itself cannot survive when they're finished with them well um we have much to pray for uh it's you know the, as far as the the young people about living with other people they don't they don't seem to think it's wrong but i'm noticing now that their parents don't even seem to think it's wrong anymore you know it's we've gone down and down and down yeah well the the greatest uh, deception in the world really has been that uh to for people to think that nothing is sinful anymore yeah that's the problem that everything kind of is okay everything's normal so well, we we have to just pray that the illumination comes soon. I'm sure it will become at the perfect time. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. God knows best. Yeah. He, he foresaw it all. So um, that's the state of things. Uh, another thing I'd like to talk about today is something called the Via Lucis. I hope I say that right. It's another way we already did the, well, we've done the Stations of the Cross. We did the Via Matris before uh, Easter. That was the way of our Sorrowful Mother. And there's another devotion called the Via Lucis, the Paschal Way of the Light. Have you heard of that one? No, but I, I knew what it was by what you said. I, could, I know mm -hmm. the word is light, but I haven't heard of it. Well, it's a relatively new religious practice. And um, it resembles the Way of the Cross, the Stations of the Cross. And it can be prayed alone or with others. But instead of carrying a cross, a candle is held up for everyone to see. So Friday being the special day for the way of the cross, Sunday is the day for the Via Lucis. And there are 14 stations that reflect Jesus's victory. And it covers events from the resurrection to Pentecost. And uh, I, it's uh, very interesting. So I thought we'd just go through it and see how it can apply to us in our own lives. Okay. So the first one is Jesus Rises from the Dead, which we've just celebrated, Easter. And this brings freedom from sin and death. And all our hopelessness is ended on this occasion with a new beginning of grace. Jesus conquered death and he conquered evil. And so the last word is not death, 
but it's life. And just as Jesus rose from the dead, so we will too. So, um, of course, we know that. Now, the second station is the disciples find the empty tomb. So in this one, Peter runs to the tomb and he sees the burial cloths and he sees that Jesus is gone. So because of this empty tomb, Christian funerals are hope-filled. It represents life after the grave. So death is no longer to be feared. That's a very big one. And I, you know, I... I would hope that everybody that has to go through a funeral would have that hope. Uh, unfortunately, some people that I've been close to that have died uh, think that the person is just in the dirt. It's kind of very sad. I mean, I don't even know how you get through that. The third one is Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. So Jesus chose Mary Magdalene as the first person to witness his resurrection. And she stood at the cross when most of the others ran away. And she waited at the tomb and was rewarded with Jesus appearing to her. So we, like Mary Magdalene, can sit in quiet and wait and then experience his presence just as she did. And so um, the sitting in the quiet is an important part of our prayer lives because that's when Jesus gets to speak to us. Contemplative prayer, right, Father? Yeah, that's that's the prayer that draws the person most deeply into relationship. Yeah, it's life changing, actually. But it's it's also the one that requires the most discipline. Yes. Which again <laughs> is why a lot of people don't do it. Yeah, but it's well worth it. It is. Yeah. Uh, fourth station: Jesus walks with the disciples to Emmaus. So God is someone who walks with us on our journey, and his presence in our lives is real. And Jesus quoted the scriptures to the disciples on that road to Emmaus. And so we can read the scriptures every day, and we can find Jesus there. And his word will speak to us each day, too. And besides contemplative prayer, I think reading scripture every day is another so important thing. fifth station Jesus reveals himself in the breaking of the bread well Emmaus ends with the Eucharist and each sacrament is an encounter with Jesus he remains with us in the Eucharist and so when we receive Jesus and we recognize that he's there our hearts are filled and burning just like the disciples at Emmaus and we can do that every day and how blessed we are that we can do that every day any comments? Well, I mean, no, this is all basic stuff. Of course, mm-hmm. the Mass is the source and summit of our life, or should be. And um, Emmaus points to the Eucharist. I don't think they actually were celebrating the Eucharist. I think it was a meal, but it, point, it pointed to it. And then, of course, he disappeared, which would have been perhaps the most shocking of all the events that took place for them. (laughs) That a person sitting at the table just vanished in thin air. Um, But then they turned back. That was the point. They turned back and said, we're going to walk seven miles back to Mm -hmm. tell everybody we just met him for ourselves. It's interesting. It's, you know, in all these stories, it's not until somebody meets him that they believe, right? Mary didn't believe till she met Jesus. Uh, Peter and John until they encounter him, they don't really have the faith to believe. Um, today, with this, this story you're talking about, Emmaus, 
they're walking away until they meet him, then they come back. So it's the personal encounter of Jesus Christ is critical for the Catholic. And yes. this is, I think, the problem that we have in the church today is because a lot of people are not encountering Jesus at Mass. I mean, you may take the Eucharist, but you're not having a, a deep relationship with him sure. where he's actually engaging you. You can and, come to Mass and you can sit there and think of a million other things. And while the homily is right. going on and the, the right. readings from Scripture, you can be making your shopping list. No, Yeah, and this is why people walk out of Mass and are in screaming matches trying to get out of the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing changed. Nothing really changed there. So um, it's going to be in that prayer time, the deep prayer time, even though the Mass is the highest prayer. Clearly from evidence we can see that this something is lacking because it's not having an effect on the people. Yeah, you have some to. Some of the people, not all the people, some of the people. You have to so, uh, in, enter in. The, the repentance part is critical. You have to repent of what's wrong and then enter in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe that's the, the, the hang-up that people aren't, aren't coming with hearts open to receive what he has for them. Yeah, that's, that's another story for another day. <laughs> okay, sixth station. Jesus appears to the disciples. Well, he appeared to them even though the doors were locked. And they had the doors locked because they were so afraid of the Jews. Afraid that they were going to be arrested and, and killed the same way. But Jesus comes through the doors bringing peace. And we can open the doors of our hearts to him. Um, and let go of all the things that are in the way. So that's that one. Seventh station. Jesus confers on his disciples the power to forgive sins. What power is given to our bishops and priests to forgive sins? Life can begin again after I receive the sacrament of reconciliation. It's a wonderful thing to be able to go and have your sins washed away. And there it is. And beautiful the parishes that have confession every day like yours. Ours too. Mine does too. Um... I'm tempted to just hold off on the rest of them because there's quite a few left and they go all the way till Pentecost so we can talk about these in the future too. Okay. Um, but they're all, they all have something to say to us in our own lives. My, um, on, a, on a completely different thing, my friend Lori and Jeff, um, they had their first grandchild on Divine Mercy Sunday. Oh, how beautiful. Isn't that, isn't that a gift? Yes. And they they can appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was kind of exciting. Oh boy, people your age are becoming grandparents. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're lucky I'm not getting any older. Yeah. So yeah, there's uh, and and it is a beautiful time of year. I mean, it's 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 the rebirth of the world. If you're in the northern hemisphere, um, spring has sprung and. The graces are flowing, and there's um, there's much available for those who, you know, have eyes to see and ears to hear, and to you know it's engage their faith. It's interesting. I had somebody show up a Saturday morning at mass who wanted to talk to me, young guy, probably like thirty, and he's about to have his first baby in June, and um, I said, sure, come back to the rectory. We'll have a cup of coffee, and we sat out on the deck and had coffee for like two and a half hours. It's so many questions, but so there are people seeking out there. 
you know, yes. they're looking. They want they want to go deeper, but for whatever reason, they, they, they don't know how. Well, we have a young man in our parish who is Jewish, and we've started to notice him at daily mass. He wears a yarmulke. And before Easter, he was not going up to receive, but he was he came into the church at the Easter vigil. And um, the daily mass ladies have kind of taken him under their wing. They just love him. And uh, he is so happy to be a Catholic. So, so happy. And it, it's really beautiful for us to see, too, uh, the joy that he has to be able to receive the Eucharist. Does he still wear the yarmulke? He does. Hmm, that's interesting. Yep. He does. I wonder I, how I that think, went over with his family. Uh, I probably can find out because uh, Brian, uh, who's doing a little prayer group, our son Brian, um, he's joined that prayer group. Okay. So they now have um, a Catholic, a Methodist, a Jewish, and a born. They have another one now, born again Christian. So um, they're studying the scriptures together. Very good. So, yes, beautiful story. But it's funny how the ladies have just adopted him. They're just loving him. <laughs> and I think he's loving them. Well, that's good because there's probably a big chance that his family is not embracing it as well as they are. Yeah, it, I just, he had somebody else as a sponsor, not a family member. Mm -hmm. Well, it would have to be. Yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. All right, that's about it for today. Thank you for being with us, Mom. Uh, You're welcome. I'll be back with you tomorrow. This is Father Dan. Uh, let me give you my blessing. I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Amen. Father Dan signing off.